Okay, everybody, I don't really have a lot of time, so I'm just going to say that this is a really good, cheesy rom-com Christmas movie. You've got Denzel Washington, who is impeccable as always. You've got Whitney Houston, who just blows everybody and everything and everyone everywhere out of the water. It's a remake of The Bishop's Wife, which neither Ryan and I have seen, but this movie kind of made me want to go back and watch that movie. So uh, enjoy this Penny Marshall joint from the mid-90s, and away we go! Oh, oh, welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms, a spooky edition. Ah, 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 it's October. Ah, we have, we have vampires and ghosts and angels. Ha ha ha. Well, the, the, the angels, sorry to, I, I don't want to rain on your parade, Kelly. Oh, what, the is, angels, what, 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 The what angels are not so, they're not scary angels. They're more no. like benevolent, beautiful, handsome-looking angels. They're like fantastic angels with swords. Oh, scary. They smite uh, you. Not swords. More like um, if if the sword were the word of God, then yes. Like a scary word of God. Like a a, a smiting, smiting Um, God. I'd say more like a... A vengeful God. A word of hope. This is less Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction, more like um, Kirk Cameron messaging here. So it's a nice Christmas pageant. So yeah, I'd say like a like a scary, vengeful way in the sense of you're gonna regret not getting the good word if you don't hear it, kind of thing. Yeah, like a scary Kirk Cameron. Yes, yes. I mean, Kirk <laughs> oh, Cameron no! most of the. <laughs> Most of ah, the time he is very, 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 very direct messaging. I get he, it. Oh, scary, <laughs> Kirk Cameron! You, uh, growing pains indeed. Ooh, ouch, scary he very pains. Much, I mean, if you encounter a Kirk Cameron, it's going to be a scary encounter, anyways. So you know. Uh, well, I'm I'm Kelly. I'm not I'm not whoever that Dracula was. Um, I think you were Count Chocula right there. Oh, mm, yummy. <laughs> Uh, I'm Kelly Song, though, and as always with me is my co-host. Ryan Song. No, damn it, Ryan Graves. I always get that wrong. (laughs) We're married. Um, Anyway, welcome to uh, this episode. I've got no game this this week, but what I do want to ask you, Ryan, is... How how the heck are you doing? You and I haven't seen each other in person for what seems like a month. <laughs> I know it's not fair. Last week there was ice. This week I had a COVID exposure, so I had to isolate. And uh, it's life. It's life in the fast lane. Whenever Living anybody says Omicron, <laughs> when I, uh, whenever anybody says um, COVID exposure these days, I'm just like imagining that you know that that old photo of portland's mayor from the 80s where he's like is opening his um (laughs) trench coat to art and it says expose yourself to art i'm really glad that that's not how my mother-in-law exposed me to covid i'm really (laughs) glad that's not what happened (laughs) me too although it would make christmas dinners far more interesting for me when i come visit Um, it would make christmas dinners retired we would never do it again (laughs) so you're doing you're doing you're doing good though you're doing, I'm doing good. Doing okay. You know what, guys? I'm giving myself more self-care. I'm making time for myself. I'm playing more video games for my self-care. Oh, very and nice. What? Tell us what you're playing. 
I'm playing through the Halo games because I want to get ready for it's already out, but the new Halo, Halo Infinity that's on the new newfangled Xboxes. And I haven't played my Xbox in like two years since having a child. <laughs> but I got the Xbox hooked up again. I've been playing it. It's really nice to play a game all to myself and getting time just for dad. Yeah, it's nice to kill things again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, killing those grunts, those elites. Mm. Oh. Are you are you getting self-care time? Gosh, not this last couple of weeks, man. It's, I mean, it was Christmas. I was, I was dealing with like putting together Christmas stuff and presents and I've been, I've been writing a lot, which is kind of a a bit of self-care if you think about it hard enough. Um, I've been reading a lot of, um, Jim Butcher, me, my wife, my wife, your wife, Mm. your wife, my wife, um, and I have been reading, uh, the Dresden file novels and they're 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 popping off, man. Things are getting serious in there. But I'm actually so I'm I've been playing through Mass Effect, which you bought me, and I think I'm gonna take a break from it just because it's it's the first game especially is pretty repetitive, and I have a couple other games waiting in the wings. So I think maybe later this month I'm going to play either the Spider Man game. No, Ooh. I am gonna play the Spider Man game. I've heard it's yeah. really good, and you also bought that for me, but. I got my wife um, a game called It Takes Two um, for Christmas, and it's like a co-op. You're a couple of really tiny c- people, and you're actually a couple in the game. And I've heard it's it's basically like couples therapy, but an adventure game. Yeah, I just heard about this. I was l- watching another YouTube channel about best games of the year, and they were saying, no, this is absolutely the best game of the year. And I, oh, the I'm guy so excited who, to play it then. The guy was talking about it. He's like, I was not expecting it to get so deep about my marriage, but it did. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got to play this game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I we're, we'll play it, and then you guys play it, and maybe we'll do it like a bonus episode on it or something. That would be fun. And then we'll all play it. You guys will come too. You listeners, you'll play it with us. Well, maybe you and I should play it. I mean, maybe we should do like other coupley things, like couples counseling. I think it would do us good. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> or we well, just play the game in lieu no, 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 of counseling. No, 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 that's fine. Like a couple of the listeners have written in and asked if why mommy and daddy have been fighting more often. But <laughs> let's go out for like when it's when the weather's warm. Let's just go out for a rosé because you know it's been a hard week. Just a rosé, maybe an appetizer. I I frequently catch Sarah probably once a month go into her therapist voice when she's witnessing conversations between us. It's like it's fine. We're we're figuring it out. You don't have to you don't have to step in like that. No, I know. She she definitely does like especially when when you and I hard disagree on something, she steps in and is like, "Well, I think this person's trying to explain it like this and this person's trying to explain it like this. So if you both think about it like that." And we're like, "No, we we know exactly what the other person's thinking. We're just we're mad just about being, it. We're just being we're, stubborn. We're being obstinate. Yeah. Because it's so, kind of fun to be obstinate. Speaking of obstinate, let's get into our opinions about this week's movie, The Preacher's Wife. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. 1995? 96. Uh, six. Pick up sticks. Yes, in the Christmas season from Sam Goldwyn, 
who also produced Much Ado About Nothing. And I think that's where Denzel got hired because they knew he was charming as hell in that movie. And spoiler alert, he's charming as hell in this movie. Well, he'd have to be because this movie is a remake of The Bishop's Wife, which is a Cary Grant joint from 1947. And uh, that was a film with him. Basically, uh, David Niven was playing the Courtney B. Vance, Vance, uh, Reverend Biggs character in that one. And uh, it made me think about like back when I was going to uh, my my little uh, Lutheran school and Mm. I, I, I was thinking, oh, there's bishops and there's preachers and there's pastors. And I'm like, what? Why does everybody call their own things like something different? And when I was coming back to that, thinking about like the bishop's wife versus the preacher's wife, I'm like, that's kind of cool. The way there's like different D&D classes. (laughs) (laughs) Then I realize I haven't gotten more mature since seventh grade. (laughs) It's like, no, because it's the Anglican church and the first one. That's why it's that way, Kelly. Actually, I don't know what church it's. I think it's Catholic, actually. Yeah. that. No, but he couldn't be married if he's Catholic. So it's not Catholic. No, you can be married if you're Catholic. Um, no, you can't. It depends on, well, it depends on when, right? You, no one can be married if you're Catholic. Are you, sh- no, shut, what? No. Can Catholic <laughs> priests marry? Can Catholic people marry? A priest may not marry. Well, he's a bishop. <laughs> uh, okay, new Google search. What religion is a bishop? I think you're right. It is Anglican. Wait, if it's bishop, it's Roman Catholic. Hey! Wait, 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 wait. Um, Maybe oh, he's... no, no, you can be a bishop in the Lutheran church, too. Did you have any bishops where no, you I had, came I had from? A, I had a pastor in my Lutheran church. <sighs> I think you were going to the wrong kind. <laughs> there are like 20 different kinds of Lutheran churches I'm out seeing, there. I'm, okay, I'm seeing uh, you can have bishops in Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, Oriental Orthodox, Anglican, Lutheran, Methodist... Mormon New Apostolic Church. Hey, I never heard of that one. Pentecostal. Maybe they were a Seventh Day Adventist in the first one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe <laughs> Carrie. Maybe or maybe David Niven was Seventh Day Adventist. <laughs> um, but so, so like when you're Denzel is filling the role of Dudley, who is the angel in this movie, and it was originally played by Cary Grant. And I'm like, yeah, if you're going to recast somebody in the nineties, that's if you're Cary Grant. Yeah, um, well, if you're replacing Cary Grant. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I feel <laughs> no, like he's playing Cary Grant. In this movie. I mean, he kind of is. Like the two are not that dissimilar. Ah, well, no, I, I won't say that. Cary Grant is far more goofy of an actor than Denzel is, but yeah. Denzel's got that like good, good-natured humor that Cary Grant also brings to the scene. The thousand-watt smile. Right? Yes, very much so. I don't want Cary Grant smiling at me. If Cary Grant's smiling at me, I <laughs> feel like that's gonna make you ask some questions. It's like, what do you, what do you want? I, I don't think I can fulfill this thing <laughs> you're thinking about in your head, Cary Grant. Den- Denzel's version of that is like, it's either charming or you're up, you're you're scary up to something right now. You you got those crazy eyes, or he wants in a charming me to play, way, or he wants me to play on his football team, and I'm like, um, okay. So in this story, which is prefaced by the narration of the, uh, what, lead child? What'd you call yes. him? Lead child. Lead child. Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Biggs. Um, yeah. Played by which Just, is, Justin Pierre Edmund. It's usually cloying when they do stuff like this, but 
This kid is not the best child actor, but he is very just himself in this movie. And I'm like, ah, I like this kid. He seems cool. Yeah, I agree. It's not not cloying, but it kind of fits with a lot of the rest of the movie. So I, I just knew that I was walking into a family film set for a Christmas family film. So I'm like, oh, this is and it's a 90s movie. I'm like, this is going to be cheesier than the Santa Claus. So, oh, yeah. You know, it, bring it on. And and he is he is. He is that that sweet 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 boy, but yeah. um, we're we're basically introduced t- through him to this this small neighborhood in New York that is um, a very poor neighborhood, and it kind of centers around this church, which is uh, run by Courtney B. Vance, Reverend Henry Biggs, and his and basically his wife, uh, played by Whitney Houston, Julia, and we're introduced to them via like this great great day at church. You know, he's not having a great time. Like the church, like the parishioners are not, you know, getting, giving them a lot of money. Um, So like, I think they rake in 96 bucks from, from one week of work, which is all rough. Um, But like his and Whitney Houston's like relationship is kind of on display because they're husband, wife, and she runs the choir because she's Whitney Houston. Yeah, it's great. And I just love how she like kind of um, is his hype man. Kind of creeps up on you without you even know. But God knows. God knows. God is that little voice inside that says, don't give in. Don't give in. Don't give up. Be gone, temptation. He knows you're tired. That's why he says, lean on me. Lean. <laughs> That's a great, it's a great scene. It's so good. And we should say that this is directed by Penny Marshall, mm-hmm. uh, director of Writing in Cars with Boys. League um, of Their Own. League of Their Own, and I've like I was like looking at her filmography. I'm like I've seen most of her movies now. Yeah, Robin and I saw that too. We were like, oh geez, <laughs> there's only a couple left. Yeah, all that's left is Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito. Hey, get out of here! Oh my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Oh, she also directed Big. Uh huh. So and then I haven't seen Jumpin' Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg. Nope, us either. Yeah, which I want to because I actually want to do kind of a deep dive into Whoopi. Well, big Whoopi. Whoopi. I haven't seen Awakenings either. That's uh, one that I really want to see. Um, it's a really good drama. Good good De Niro, good Robin Williams. She was Laverne from Laverne and Shirley. For for all you people out there that were wondering one more thing this person's done. Or an Espanol, Laverne E. Shirley. <laughs> Thank you. And that was <laughs> your, your Spanish teacher, Senor Ryan. <laughs> so hey what was your spanish name in spanish class oh i was alejandro every time oh i was raul every time is that ryan in spanish <laughs> or is it your I closest approximation it was my one time i could change my name cool i did it because there <laughs> was no name for kelly in spanish <laughs> so uh dudley not dudley reverend henry biggs is having he's down on his luck and he's kind of a square yeah, <laughs> but he's but a that, noble one. But if you you know grew up going to church, we all recognize this guy. Yes, yes, very much so. You know, just big he, responsible pastor guy. He's there to make the church run smooth, make his neighborhood feel as safe as he can, but 
not necessarily be the one out on the dance floor, like doing the disco. He's like there. He's he's watching from the doorway saying, good, everybody's having a good, responsible time and then walking away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's just having tough luck. It's winter and like things are going wrong. The the steam engine at the church, not the steam the engine. Boiler. <laughs> the boiler. The boiler. The train and the, the underneath of the church is haunted. <laughs> um, there's ghosts and angels haunting it. Um, Ooh. There's... There's this neighborhood kid who gets wrongfully accused in this um, uh, this robbery, and he has to try and advocate for him in court, and it's not going well at all. Um, the uh, Gregory H- Gregory Hines wants to buy out the church and send him to a new church. Man, Gregory Hines, do you do you know much about him? Tap dancer. Tap dancer. I Robin, I didn't know that much about him, but Robin reminded me that he was a tap dancer and I went and watched some of his stuff. The dude is talented. So talented. <laughs> and he's so lithe in this young. movie. He plays yeah. like, you know, that that diabolical person from the 90s that where they're like mad at the 80s for having like destroyed so much of cities. Yeah. And and so he's he's playing like this slick real estate developer who's like you know doesn't care about where he came from he just cares about where he's going yeah uh, this film also features lionel richie and i totally missed that it was lionel richie dude i didn't and i was like hey Li-, i said out loud hey john legend i mean fuck lionel richie <laughs> you have john legend blindness Ugh. um <laughs> And I mean, so you got like a really good cast of people in this movie. And basically what happens is he, our reverend Henry Biggs, just can't keep up with his own life. He's got so much going on, whether it's like all the things that Ryan said or being there with his family. And his son, his son's best friend has to move away because social services is picking him up and booting him to some group home like miles away. Hakeem! And man, this movie, I would totally not care about three years ago. But now that I have a son, I'm like, oh, man, this is heartbreaking. Because like, I I would never want my son to go through that pain. I don't want him to have to say goodbye to a best friend. See, I I actually have related to these movies in particular since I was nine because I moved. um, I moved all the time when I was a kid, but I moved from like Southern California to Eastern Washington. And so like by by fourth grade, you've like made a good group of friends. Yeah. And then I moved away to rural nowhere and had no friends, like no good friends for years. Yeah. And so like whenever like you ha- like there's a character that has to move away from a friend, I'm like, oh, man, don't yeah. go. Yeah. But he actually has to do it for a tragic reason. And Courtney B. Vance is a character who just can't. He's not only feeling unsuccessful in life, but he's slowly not necessarily losing the respect of, but losing, what is it? The admiration of his wife or the she's as, as deadly puts it later, she's in a marriage all by herself. Right. Because, because he's trying to be everything for everyone and he's sacrificing his family in order to do that. He's trying to be everyone's main resource and he's killing himself doing it and he's losing his family because of it. Yeah. And, and I want to kind of talk about, how they handle that theme a little bit later uh, in the episode. So remind me of that, but let's, Mm -hmm. let's 
get through the story a little bit. Yeah, so he is sitting on his bed. He's feeling down on his luck, and he prays to God to give him he, some help. He, Jimmy Stewart's mm-hmm. God, basically. This movie is very reminiscent of It's a Wonderful Life, and I think this movie knows it. It is, but like... It's, it's, not, it's funny because it, it's a takeoff. No, 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 no. But it's it's kind of full circle because It's a Wonderful Life is a ripoff of A Christmas Carol. And this feels a lot like A Christmas Carol as well because it's like kind of just in that vein of Christmas movies where people are visited by other people who will help them. Yeah, but it's like if Bob Cratchit is trying to have it all. <laughs> Bob Cratchit, would you and your family care to join us for a little turkey dinner our main character is very similar to jimmy stewart's character where it's just, he's an all-around good dude but he's just down on his luck yeah but jimmy stewart is is like jimmy stewart as a character in that movie uh bailey george 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 bailey, bailey. he's so much more dynamic as a human, like you want to be in love with George Bailey. He's yeah. not, he's not downtrodden. He's always fighting no. the good fight. Uh, but, um, and, and the only reason he cracks in that movie is because th- he's done so good, but life throws him a curveball with uncle Jimmy, uncle Bill, uncle Billy, Billy. Yeah. And he like loses all of their money. Yeah. And so it like makes him destitute and it makes his family destitute in a moment. But this, it's much more like life has been, beaten up henry biggs so much yeah i i'm i'm here for his character to start the movie off i'm like yeah i I think this guy's got a good heart but i want to see him i want to pick me up for this guy i want this guy to get get some help yeah and in comparison he definitely doesn't have the hardest life on the block like he looks he has a huge house and his i don't know he he seems to have like you know, a nicer car. And... He's not He's not upset with his circumstances. He's upset that he can't help anybody. It's his job right. to be helpful, and he seems to be losing every fight that he's trying to, to win. And not only that, but his mother-in-law's staying with him. <laughs> what does she say? She's like, what does she say? She's like, I don't want to, like, butt in or something like that. He's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um... Like, oh, I got to remember that one. <laughs> Uh, uh, her name is, um, Marguerite, Marguerite is the mother. Beverly is the woman who works for, for him that Denzel gives a break to. Cause oh, she's, the one oh, okay. with, she's the one with the fishy computer, the fishy TV fishes in the TV fishes in the TV. That's right. Um, <laughs> gosh, I, I'm that screensaver. Like as soon as I saw it, it really brought me back. So what God decides to do is send, um, <laughs> send Dudley who is a, an angel to help Reverend Biggs. And Ryan, I, I have a question to ask you about angels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the authority. (laughs) There's this theme in, if we're taking like, it's a wonderful life. Um, and presumably the Bishop's wife, which none of us have seen. And I think we're feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) There is a, there's a theme where angels are waiting to basically be sent to earth. Right. Right. There's like a long line. Right. And so Robin and I, after this movie, Dudley's basically been dead. What we presumed was like about 30 years, because at one point in time in this movie, he sees a lady and he's like, ooh, nice fashion. And she's like, oh, this was my mom. So it's really old. It's like 30 years old. Right. And so we're like, okay, he's been dead for about 30 years and has been waiting that long to come back to Earth. And he said, like, there's a long line. So he doesn't know why he was picked. My question to you is, 
How often do you think angels are sent back? Is it higher during the Christmas season? Like, do you have to do you have to put your name in and you like take a number and you're just waiting? And if you think about the amount of dead people and maybe the amount of dead people in heaven, how many how many of them are waiting to come back? And if it's like millions, then there's got to be like 30 angels going out every single day. Right. Or more. I mean, I think we should do them all a favor and pray more because if they're wanting to like get down here, I think we need to be opening the door a lot more often. Right. Like every single day, just got to be like, Lord, I need help. Um, My dishes. Dishes uh, you need help. Dishes, angel. Can you send me Denzel, please? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people praying for Denzel. No, I, I've never heard this mythology the way he explains it. I'm like, okay, so you got some mythology here. You've got some world building. This is the way it, it is explained in It's a Wonderful Life. Right. Yeah. It's the same with Clarence. Well, he, yeah, Clarence. Clarence has been like waiting to go down, but he's kind of a fuck up, and um, it's kind of like, yeah, like he's, he's not that bright, but he's got a good heart. It's kind of like an elf, where it's just like, no, we're just gonna set it in the Rudolph universe. That's just what we're gonna do, <laughs> and that's why yeah. it's the same aesthetic. <laughs> I mean, I'm cool with that. Yeah, but you know, Reverend Henry Biggs, though he believes, he does not believe because you know he probably deals with. Um, you know, someone on the street telling him they're an angel every other week, you know? <laughs> I mean, if Denzel comes up to me, he's like, I'm an angel. I'm like, well, we all knew that. I'm like, no, you're Denzel Washington. <laughs> I know who you are. Oh, we know you're an angel. You, <laughs> you've always <laughs> been the answer to my prayers. <laughs> <laughs> there must be a God up in heaven if, he, if you're here. We live at the same time as Denzel Washington. There is a God. So he basically follows reverend around for a while and in the meantime like whitney houston and reverend biggs are like arguing and they're they can't quite get on the same page and he's always busy then denzel basically inserts himself into henry biggs's life yeah. by saying that he's his assistant yeah how does he eventually prove to reverend biggs that he's an angel um didn't he do some like angel magic I think he did angel magic. I don't have time for your magic tricks. Illusions, Dad. You don't have time for my illusions. What, what was his angel magic? I like the angel magic at the end with uh, Gregory Hines. He was playing the piano. He's like, How yeah, do you play that the was piano good. On your own. He's like, boom, angel magic. He's like, actually, I'm a piano tuner. I can make <laughs> this a player piano. Yeah. Actually, my favorite bit of angel magic is when he changes the picture of Reverend Henry Biggs to himself. <laughs> That's pretty good. Like, if you're going to use ultimate power, you know, like, for 1996, use, power, use it for that. There's some good Photoshop in 1996, I must say. But he basically ingratiates himself and he starts going to work trying to fix problems. And goodness, he's doing a good job at it. Mm -hmm. Like he gets him to help out <laughs> different people in the neighborhood. I can't remember exactly what order well, it goes in. Some, some things we see Dudley doing is talks to Jeremiah dealing with losing his best friend and reminding him like, right. This is like dad magic. What he's doing is like it really is. helping him through it. And Whitney Houston's okay. like angel magic, beautiful. dad magic, mm -hmm. bod magic. Mm -hmm. Cause he's Denzel. Yeah. It's Denzel spelling magic. Cause he teaches him how to spell. Right. And spell backwards too, which that's really, that's the magic in this movie. Yeah. But he keeps, he keeps nudging Henry to stop trying to, be so much and just worry about his wife and his son. And he's saying, you're missing what's going on with your son and you're not there for your wife. And he concocts this thing where he's like, tonight 
he goes to Whitney Houston first. He's like, you're going out on a hot date with your husband tonight. She's like, yep. really? He's like, yeah, it's going to be great. You're going to have a great time. Get ready for the best night of your life. She's like, okay. And then he goes to Reverend Biggs, and he's like, you're going out on a date. He's like, no, I'm not. I have to go to the hospital. Oh, and this this is definitely after the the moment where he's met with um, – with Gregory Hines and Gregory Hines is like, we're buying out the neighborhood and building condos. Yeah. And he's said yes, because basically all the other movers and shakers in the neighborhood have said yes. Yeah. Cause the church is broke. And so the deacons are like, let's just sell the building, go to this new church that he's, you know, going to hire us all be at move and just move out of the neighborhood and just move yeah. to set up, set up a new neighborhood basically. And, um, Oh, this is also like, uh, one of the big, crux points in this movie is that um reverend henry biggs like got all these kids into this after school youth center yeah that had to sh- that that shut down either because they can't afford rent or they were bought out by i think it was Gregory got Hines. bought out and got closed down yeah and the other thing that's going on is um whitney houston's dad is the one who started the church that right yeah henry's the reverend of and and so there's like so much history between the two of them yeah. because they've been together for a long time. They're they're friends since birth, basically. And Whitney Houston's thing is like, you know, this is our church. This is dad's church. This is our home. You know, we're right. Yeah, we're not it, do it's equivalent to a home. It's their yeah. home. It's her ancestral home, basically, because that's what she grew up with. And she's not going to let someone, you know, roll in and buy them out and take away her home. And she but gets Reverend real- Henry Biggs will. Yeah. And like. Man, this makes so much sense as a marital conflict where he's like, Yeah, it's it's this is what we're gonna do. And she's like, the fuck? Like, you didn't discuss like, this with you me. You didn't even talk to me about this. Yeah, this is like, ooh, juicy conflict because both sides make great sense. And you're like, I can see why you thought this was a good idea. So they have this in this argument in a restaurant, and the waiter <laughs> is a god. Waiter. Julia, please sit down. Give me the keys, Henry. Excuse me, would you kind of give her the keys? I have customers in here. Sorry, Aren't there so many moments where you just wanted to be more direct than you were with customers at your restaurant? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the sale of Then Dudley sets up this date. Yeah. And the Rev, the good Rev is like, I can't. I got to go take care of this guy at the hospital. I'm too busy. You take her out. She needs a nice night. Just take her out. Don't drink and come home early. And I'm like, bro. Okay, we can say this about Reverend Henry Biggs. He is secure in his relationship. Well, and to be fair, he's sending literally an angel out with he his wife. He doesn't know that, though. He's He's been Does told. He? He's been told. Uh, I know. He's been told. I guess he at this point in time, he believes it. Yes. Yes. And if I were to send anyone, anyone with my wife, the one person I would trust the most is would literally... No. <laughs> No, I know. You guys would have a great time. You guys should go on a friend we've, date. That we, would be fun. We've gone on friend dates. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should go to- We went uh, on one last night after w- you went to bed. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I was watching, thinking the whole time. I was like, well, I would send an angel on a, on a date with my wife if I can't go. Send me an angel. Will you send me an angel? Dudley, what? I'm just trying to help you. So but, that's what that song's about. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I think they're like I, I, I'm too busy. I got this thing. I can't go out with my wife. It's our anniversary, but I got this but thing. Send me an angel. So they go out. They go to this really great jazz club, and um, they yeah, damn, what a good jazz club. Yeah, and they do some dancing, and Denzel's like, Woo! 
I love me some dancing. (laughs) You know what? Everybody was laughing at Denzel Washington's dance, but get screw you guys. Like he's having the most fun on that dance floor and you're all dancing like dudes. The rule is dance like no one's watching. Exactly. And he does it. Yeah. He know he learned his lesson in life. He is like, I didn't dance right in life, so I'm gonna dance right in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. But it's it's at this place where he starts definitely falling in love with Whitney Houston. Uh and that's also where we meet Lionel Richie. And at first, Denzel Washington is um jealous of Lionel Richie, but then it's like, oh no, they're just good friends. And um you start seeing this this angel like have some dimension to him because at first, he's just like an extremely polite guy who loves earth food, can't get burned. Yeah. I love that scene with him and the pizza guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he starts falling for Julia Biggs. Which, who can blame him? Because anyone who's good enough for an angel, it's got to sound like Whitney Houston's voice is the voice yes. of an angel. Well, maybe I'm a fool to feel the way I do. Ryan, I, um, wow. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, I, Robin and I were talking about like the other big names in like acting slash singing. Right. Who are like pop stars, like a Madonna or like also in a Penny Marshall movie. Yeah. Um, or a Mandy Moore and Mandy Moore wishes she was this good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Whit- Whitney, I think Whitney Hillary Houston Duff. Is- <laughs> sorry hillary Duff. that's not that's not fair that's not nice. um whitney houston is amazing yeah the way she sings in this movie it made me want to go watch bodyguard like right after we watched this movie yeah or just watch put on a whitney houston concert god uh, it it was just so beautiful i could see why he fell in love with her just an amazing vocalist we don't have i mean i think that's always true like you always have that one percent top tier vocalists in in the nineties. It was Whitney Houston. Today it's Gaga or Adele, but there's not a lot of other competitive vocalists on that tier. Yeah, but like, like because I was, I went and listened to some Adele today, and I'm just like, Whitney Houston's voice is so uniquely smooth. Oh yeah, where like. You know, you know how when you're doing scales with your voice, um, yes, how there's as well, as my mornings usually start off with. 
there's there's a break right <laughs> and and you you work as an as an artist with your voice to try to like mitigate the break where your voice goes from like your chest voice to your head voice to your falsetto right there's a break in between each of those and if you're doing scales you want to like make that seamless right and i don't think whitney houston has a break because her voice is so angelic and smooth and it doesn't matter if she's singing low or singing high and anyway sorry i was just as, as somebody we're just who used to be in choir i'm just i like i'm just so blown away yeah and that's when he really falls for her is when he watches her sing and I like this because it, it gives dimension to her character a lot because we already get like so much dimension to her character. She's like a good mom. She's like good at singing and dancing, but she's like really upset with her husband, but she doesn't want to talk to her mom about it. She's annoyed at her mom. And like, she's a good character already. But then we get that her and her husband used to come to this jazz club jazzies all the time. Mm-hmm. And she used to sing at this jazz club and the way she's singing at this jazz club is different than how she sings right. at, church. at church. And it's like, oh, oh, no, you had a life before church, and I want to know more about that story. Yeah. Yeah, we get the story that, that this is where the proposal happened was at Jazzy's and and all that. And all that I'm going to enter a new bit to get to the next part of the story because I want to tell both <gasps> the story and tell some quibbles and bits as well. A new... Uh, oh, so so a stories and bits. Yes. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. Quibbles and bits. Bits and bits. Quibbles and bits is part of a balanced podcast diet. Please talk to your doctor before listening. Quibbles and bits is for humans, not dogs. Part of FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Um, my quibble, and I don't know how I feel about it still, but it's still my quibble. Okay. Is I th- think it's weird. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done this. I just think it's weird that the plot is about Denzel falling for Whitney Houston because I can't blame him. And I understand it story-wise, but I'm also asking, well, what am I hoping the outcome to be in this movie? Right. I actually, I I didn't think too hard about that in the moment, but as soon as I got to the end of the movie when Denzel was sad about not being with her, it made me want this movie to be almost more about Denzel at that point in time. Right. Because really, what well, I mean, he has no end game. And there's something existentially sad about that that we don't really get f- the full effect of right. when the ho- most of the movie's about he- Reverend Henry Biggs. And we don't, have, we don't have time nor the literariness <laughs> to get into the actual existential of like what it means to be human and to love. It's like... <laughs> Unless, unless like it's some good place nonsense where like Denzel Washington died and then God stripped him out yeah. and was like, you're an angel now go to this place and save this person. And then he woke up like 10 minutes. Right. Later. I was like wondering, like, are we going to get like this a bra- back to life? Situation? Yeah. This weird like thing that he's going to like rebel against god and like is it gonna be like dogma or something is it gonna like (laughs) try to run through the halls of a church to like get his angel wings cut off i was just kind of like where are we headed like because the movie sets up this grand goal of like we must save reverend biggs and in the midpoint of the movie it's like i don't know maybe denzel can make this happen for himself honestly i think 1996 was the turning point to when that kind of story would or would not work because that's when Buffy basically m- 
started making splashes sure, but since it was, 1997. It was never going to go full myth, full fantasy. In no, this no, it wasn't. But I, I like this is a remake and they basically follow the same exact format of the original movie. So they were never going to do that. But I like uh, your I like the way your brain's working. And I don't think that anybody before 1996 would have thought that. Right. But I think we can't help think of the possibilities. This movie walked so Buffy could run. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. That's all. That's all I'm saying, Ryan. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, so I was just, good. Quibble. I was kind of bothered by that. Cause I'm just like, cause I knew like the, this is a family film and the intended outcome is still going to be the outcome that it's going to be. So this is just kind of a distraction where I'm just kind of like, Denzel, you're being a little naughty, like stop, like get them yeah. together. Uh, like there's a thundercloud. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, some, some lightning happens when he, he makes, a mistake of some kind. And, and, and he kind of like wavers from his goal, but he just always goes back to it and just kind of keeps at it of like, okay, I may have feelings for Whitney Houston. Don't blame me, but I still need to get him, get her and him back together. So I'm going to keep working yeah. that mission. Cause he really doesn't, he doesn't waver from his mission at any point. And I do. He, and you just, yeah. it just acknowledges him having feelings. And we, we get another sequence where they go ice skating together and yeah. you know, it's very nice. And they both skate in, in synchronicity yeah. no what is that they're 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 it's like they've skated together a hundred times topic topic <laughs> so um and that's when reverend biggs is like you skated with my wife get the hell out of my life and I'm like, <laughs> like oh nice rhyme <laughs> so and that i'm totally on uh reverend biggs side at this point because when you know you know because he he's in trouble because sh- Whitney Houston is attracted to Denzel and there's nothing wrong oh, yeah. with that. And her mom makes a bunch of hay about it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with the attraction. It's just the fact that it, what I was wondering, I'm like, is he conning her to point out what's going on in their marriage? Well, yeah, I, I think at one point in time, you could think that him getting her attracted to like Denzel getting Whitney Houston attracted to him could have been a machination so that Reverend Henry Biggs could get jealous and be like, oh, why why am I not fighting for my wife? Like, there's got, got to be a reason why she's not interested in me. Or, but they really, or to point they, out to her yeah. what's, what's going on and for her to realize, oh, if I'm daydreaming about running away with Denzel, maybe, there's, maybe my marriage isn't going well. But she already knows that. That's true. Which is why it falls apart to me a little bit, where it's... Like, I really wish that the reaction from Henry Biggs wasn't like, get out of my house. You're with my wife. Like, what are you doing? I I kind of I wanted him to be almost like I want the fight to have just gone out of him in that moment and be like, I think she's better off without me. I would have loved for him to say that at one point in time, because for it not to be true, but for him to feel like because when you feel like you can't handle any part of your life, sometimes you just get super down on yeah, yourself. Yeah, that would be his and rock bottom. Yeah, I, I wanted to see him hit rock bottom, but he doesn't really do that. Yeah, and yeah, they, they have it out, and Denzel basically points out like, hey, you're not around, you're not being witness to what's going on with your son, you're not helping him deal deal with this problem of losing his best friend, and he has a great... His, his reading problem, <laughs> he can't spell. God damn it. Um, <laughs> and just the great line of like, your wife isn't a marriage by herself. And that yeah, is a very succinct a way line. of summing up what's what can be a problem of marriage. 
But then he starts having a lot of successes. Like he saves um, the kid's life who was wrongly accused in this scene where he like breaks into a different <laughs> trial. And the and judge is like, for him. I'll allow it. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like you can kind of like, I, in my head canon, he, he's been to so many of these trials that he's kind of like, he's got like one, he's got a little bit of sway yeah. in the it's local Disney courts. movie roles where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Um, <laughs> like we're not going to hold you in contempt. That doesn't exist here. So there's one, one night where the Rev and Whitney Houston are going out dropping gifts and they're having a, a, a classic quibble of where the house is. And it's like, cause they're both frustrated yeah, uh-huh. and it's like, man, we've all been here. Um, yes. And okay, <laughs> this is where I got really confused. Denzel shows up out of the out of the shadows, and he like blows this like magical air towards them. He's like, Are, "Is he gonna break the Rev's legs or something?" Like I thought he was gonna do something evil, nefarious. Like he had like fallen. He's like, "No, oh, Whitney no, no, Houston no, no, is no, mine." No. But no, then it turns into this fun romantic thing that he's concocting. But his face is kind of like, "I hate you, but I will do oh, this." Oh, <laughs> okay. So, so I actually, so I saw exactly what that scene was doing was he's, I, and you, you realize this afterwards, obviously, but, um, he's just grumpy because he has to get them together and he's, he's an honorable angel, I guess. (laughs) And so he, my favorite is his face. He does after that. I paused it and rewound it and watched (laughs) it again where he, he blows over, uh, they finally get to this house. He blows over Reverend Biggs and he falls, which causes Whitney Houston to get out of the car, run to her husband's rescue. She's laughing at him and he's laughing on the ground. She's like, I'm going to come over and help you. And then with what has to be Denzel's largest, like biggest eye roll he's ever done. He rolls his eyes at himself and it just shrugs. And he's so sad. And he just kind of blows her over as well because he's like man i don't want to do this but i gotta (laughs) and it's just it's a really good piece of acting i think denzel washington is just one of our best actors yeah he's just he can do anything yeah it's amazing so basically the rev turns his life around he revs up the his relationship he goes and confronts gregory hines and he's like deals off and gregory hines like tough titties i bought the church anyways i'm shutting it down and the climax of the movie is, you know, um, Rev is going to tell this church, like, hey, it's all over. We got bought out. There's nothing we can do. But Dudley goes over to Gregory Hines' house and has a lovely conversation and says, you're not going to remember any of this, but you should really rethink what you're going to do with, with it's what you sca- It's a beautiful, scary scene. Yeah. What is this? It's like your past, Joe. You can walk away from it, but it's still there. Because it almost like the Denzel's p- playing piano when Gregory Hines comes in and it's it's scary, not only because he stands up and the piano keeps playing, but the way he's calm in this situation and threatening towards Gregory Hines, it feels like he's an Al Capone. Sort, oh, yeah. Right. And, and he's also in this very clean, rich house. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like hidden within that piano was a crowbar that he was about to beat the life out of Gregory Hines with. Yeah. There's just that much power and confidence in him. Yeah. So the next morning, um, you know, Rev's going to do his speech, uh, but then he Christmas speech, but then he goes off script. And did you notice who was freaking out about the telecast? Do you notice who the actress was? Oh, uh, no, but I, I also was wondering, We'll talk about the telecast in a sec. Who was it? I think it's I think it's the um, Penny Marshall's niece or daughter 
or Gary Marshall's. Remember, she was in Parent Trap, or was it Parent Trap or not? No, not no, no. Trap. It was. It, it was. was um, it was uh, Princess, Princess Diaries. Diaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where she was totally. like, like we're like, who's this terrible actress? And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's a relative. That's why. And uh, she and sticks. She plays out. basically the same character here. She's so bad in this movie. I'm like, oh, it's just like. It's just nails on a chalkboard. It's like, I, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't even dislike her that much, but I just did not understand why she was there or freaking out so much. Exactly. Because basically the conceit is um, like Reverend Biggs is doing his sermon, but they're also doing a nativity play that they've been like rehearsing this whole time. And one, they give the girl playing Mary one of those dolls that pees itself. Oh, yeah. And I was so um, confused. I'm like, what is going on? And so she walks off stage because she can't be there because she's wet, which is like, I mean, come on, kid. You, the show <laughs> must go it. on. But they're filming it the whole time. And there's like a camera and stuff. And it's not weird for churches to film, you know, their their ceremonies. But it felt odd for me for 1996, this church in particular, to have a film crew there. Yeah. Especially one as poor as that. And I think there must have been another scene that was cut out from this no, movie. She, she was, Gregory Hines hired this company to do telecasts, and this was the first one. And they were going to do future telecasts at the new church. And she was in a scene with Gregory Hines where he introduced her to him earlier. And he's like, yeah, oh. we're going to broadcast your sermons every week. And this was like oh, the inaugural and one. This was- Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I I missed that. Yeah. But yeah, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, she's way too amped up about this whole thing. (laughs) But he goes off script, and he's not going to do his speech. And he's like, we're going to get through this. We're going to fight it, and we're going to get through it. And Gregory Hines there, and he is the definition of repentant, because he forgot about his encounter with Denzel, and he's just there because he's it's Christmas, and you go to church when it's Christmas, because... Uh, the Rev told him like a week before or a few days before, it's like, you should come to church. You should, you should be with these people again. You should see, see what it's like. And at first he's like, no, I'm not doing that. But then he literally farts at him. (laughs) It's fart in your general direction at that. It's quite a bit of a comedy twist. (laughs) But, but he goes to church and he's, he's, he gets into it. The spirit overcomes him and it's, it's really beautiful. He starts, he starts. St- he's the first one to stand up and start clapping, and he gets everybody yeah, else. Yeah, like, come into on, it. come on. You know, are you are you ever that person at like a sit down concert where it's like everybody's sitting down, and then you're like, ah, I'll be the one that gets the clapping starting. Um, when I'm at Rush concerts and I see anyone sitting down, I'm like, stand the fuck up, it's Rush. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Sure, sure, sure. But that's different. <laughs> I'm talking like you know, like that folk concert that you go to, but they have like one song that's clap worthy, and somebody's always got to start. <laughs> Oh, and, as a drummer, and I'm never that as a person. drummer. I'm completely against group clapping. Completely against group. I'm, clapping. I'm clapping for you, but that's only because I'm the only one here. Groups no cannot song. hold a beat, and it ruins what the drummer is working on. Oh, speaking of, I loved this scene where they're rehearsing in the church, and the boiler is like, yes, like and the song gets quicker and quicker and quicker because that's what they think the beat is doing. That was hilarious. Uh-huh. Pure comedy, so good. That was so good. Um, but then, you know, he, he wins the hearts and minds and Dudley, Dudley's at the home and he's like, ah, I'm, I'm, that's when he does his Photoshop of him being with Whitney Houston. And, but they actually have a kiss. Yeah. She that's kisses right, him like, she kisses him like between his lips and his cheek. It's like half on his lips, yeah. half on his cheek. 
It's it's like innocent, but with thoughts of more. Yeah, definitely makes it would definitely make a husband go like, Ooh. <laughs> but but it's it's one of those things that I feel like is so necessary for this character because it's like she's like, I'm really attracted to this guy, but my husband and I are going to be together for the rest of our lives. And so for this one moment, I'm going to get this off my chest yeah. and have no more wondering. Have- I'm just going to. It's it's like the kiss in Love Actually. I was just going to bring that up. I approve of this yeah. one, and I don't approve of the one in Love Actually. This one makes sense. I think, yeah, okay, this one has more context because we get more of their characters, but I feel like it's the same story beat. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. just going to feel the way we feel about it, though. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then um, we get that Jeremy knows, but everybody forgets about... every. Uh, Everybody forgets about poor Denzel Washington, who has to go back to heaven and wait another 30 years to come come to Earth. And one of the other things that happens is Reverend gets Hakeem and makes Hakeem, oh, yeah. adopt Hakeem, which is like... Basically. I mean, they're about yeah, to. Yeah, and that made my heart all gooey. Yeah, it was really totally nice. totally worked on me. I was, was like, really God nice. damn it. But what... Come on. Like, I mean, is, is it just... Like, why does Jeremiah get to remember? Why does he get to be scarred by this angel, like his whole life where he just is now going to be like, you know what? There was this man that came to our house for a long time, and I keep telling my family about it. And now they've had me in therapy for 30 years. <laughs> just this beautiful, innocent child. That's all it is. I This beautiful, innocent child is breaking the laws of the universe. <laughs> but um, let's see if we can't find a couple more of those over in Trope Talk, huh? And we're back with trope talk. It's like Pope talk, but marriage is actually allowed this time. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in our in our very elementary understanding of like what the hell what the hell denomination is the reverend in this one? Yeah, he's not. Oh no, I mean he's Catholic. No. <laughs> he's got he's yeah, he does. He has the You can have that in the Lutheran church. You can have you can have the collar. Really? Yeah. That specific collar? Uh, all right. Third Google search. Jeez. Um, what uh religion? I'm at the Wikipedia. Has collars that isn't. I mean, Catholic. The religion of Elvis. Clerical collar. Um. African American Baptist Church. Anglican, Methodist, Eastern Orthodox, Baptist, no, no. Lutheran churches ba- all have it. Baptist. Oh, I mean, okay. You you have made your your ecumenical point. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but he is he is a pastor of a Well, they call him a pastor here. So what is he? A preacher or a pastor? Wait a Candlestick. minute. If he's the reverend, why isn't it called the reverend's wife? This is so inconsistent. Wait, okay. Okay, hold on a second. I'm on Wikipedia. <laughs> we have um the Preacher's Wife is a 1996 American comedy drama film directed by Penny Marshall starring Denzel Washington, blah, 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 blah. It is a remake of The Bishop's Wife, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Then we get to Reverend Henry Biggs is the pastor of a small, struggling African-American Baptist church. Baptist. They're Baptists. So they're, it's an African-American Baptist church. is <laughs> what they call it here. It's Baptists. Um, but... In one sentence, they call him both a reverend and a pastor, but the movie's called The Preacher's Wife. So what producer was like, well, we've focus tested the word preacher and we've we've seen that it actually, you know, 
it gets all the right demographics in no, there. No, I mean, it was originally going to be called The Reverend's Wife, but Reverend Run from Run DMC was like, yo, 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 that is... Yo, 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 hey, 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 that's my thing. That's my thing. I'm the Rev. (laughs) I gotta go sing with... Do you think a lot of rappers do that? Yeah. 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 I gotta go do a thing with Aerosmith. I'll be right back. So, uh, the trope we're talking about this week isn't (laughs) what you call a certain... Uh, speaker at a church. Um, the trope we're talking about is revisiting your past. Ooh, Ooh. and Ryan, why don't why don't you talk a little bit about um, the progenitor of this film? Yep, Christmas Carol. Um, it was originally seen in a Muppet Christmas Carol. There's been a few remakes since. <laughs> oh, ah. <laughs> okay. Um, Michael Caine originated the role. Um, Michael Caine and Kermit the Frog, you know, originated oh. the role of. Master Bruce, why, Master Bruce, why are all the Muppets around me? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, the whole point of that story, uh, as um, Brian Henson tells it, not Jim Henson, he had already passed away. Yeah, it's a Brian point. Henson, a Brian Henson yeah. production. Wants to point out that he needs to go see his past, his childhood, his young adulthood, in order to reclaim his humanity and understand that we're all in this together. High school musical style. Right. And nothing ever happened before A Muppet Christmas Carol. There's been no version of it. That was literally the first First, one. First Um, telling ever. And what happens in that film is basically Scrooge uh, (laughs) I was going to say Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) (laughs) Scrooge. um, I mean, there is that version as well. Ebenezer Um, Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. He goes back to his past and like kind of visits places that remind him of the person either he used to be or it shows him, like, in stark contrast, the person who he has become. Mm-hmm. Now, in this movie, we get a scene like this where both Whitney Houston and um, Courtney B. Vance are reminded that they used to have a life where he wasn't so wrapped up in everything outside of them mm-hmm. in his job. They, they had a life that was filled with, like... You know, like they they go drop off the baskets, right? And they talk about how like the first time they did that, like it was so fun. But they also, I think, they talk about like maybe making out a little bit, or they 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 hint that there was like some flirtation going on the first time they dropped off baskets. And it's like this revisiting of your past, like rekindles stuff because you're like, you know what? There is. It's like going back and rereading a an essay you wrote, being like what I want to be when I am 32 is X. And then you go back and read that and you're like, how did I become a chartered accountant? (laughs) And I I feel like in this genre in particular, the romance genre, a lot of times we're looking at characters who are seeking for or have lost romance. Yeah. You got to go back to what anchors your love and anchors your relationship because I think- And anchors your soul. Yeah, because, you know, we're- on this journey that we're going day by day in our life and we're just always drifting one way or another, but it's always like this, like the illustration I want to be making on my Skype screen as Kelly can see is like, there's always an elbow. There's, <laughs> there's always. Okay. So what he's doing is his, like the top part of his arms, a little flipsy flopsy, but his elbow is, is anchored <laughs> in his other hand. But That's where it starts. And you know, you, you kind of like say, how did I get here? And you just kind of, backtracking like oh right i fell in love with her it started here these were all the feelings i had and i i think it's it's important 
for like, I don't know if you've ever done this with Sarah, but sometimes Robin and I will like just take an, an evening and at dinner we'll kind of like just talk about all the good things that happened this year or all the any things that happened this year. But every once in a while we'll even go back and just look at photos from like like what were we doing this time this year four years ago mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like reminding ourselves of all the adventures we've been on gosh, especially these last two years has been super important because it reminds us that even though a lot of times like you know either you're stuck in work or you're stuck in your house or you know you can't go a lot of places because of omicron mm-hmm. if anybody's listening 50 years in the future that was the robot that came <laughs> and tried to kill us all <laughs> Um, <laughs> not an also deadly disease, <laughs> but like that, that is so important for couples, I think, to not only create new memories and new loves and new hopes and dreams, but to remember where you came from and connect that to your present. Yeah. It was really nice a few years back for Sarah and I to go back to Whitworth and hang out together and mm. actually hold hands walking around campus because, Contrary to popular belief, we never actually canoodled on campus. We did you did you when you? I mean, I actually was following you guys around with um, a camera. You you were. What did you What did you discover? I was just there with you. I took a couple pictures <laughs> of you. Um, but did you uh, did you canoodle? Well, if by canoodle you mean standing awkwardly around each other, we did lots of that. No oh, man, you, you should you should really go back some point in time, like during the summer, and break into a dorm and just bang on one of the beds, <laughs> one of the really uncomfortable beds in at Whitworth. I'm wondering if there's any teachers I really hated I could do it in their office, but no, I don't want to do that to anybody. You all don't just don't um, perjure yourself right now because at least, yeah, no, I, I don't want to do any of yeah. that. Um, Wink. Kelly, did you like, hear me? I said wink. I, I didn't hear a thing. Okay. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, it's it's really nice to get play on campus, Ryan. That's what this movie was about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's our trope. You don't really need to talk about it anymore, but it's... Wait, wait. Can you just tell me, was there a secret spot? I'm trying to think. We saw this in a movie where this one guy always went to the same place with every date because it's like the magic romance spot. Oh, oh, no. Um I didn't do that, but, um, I, okay. This is going to, for those of you who also know Travis McElroy's story, I did something extremely similar. Um, I did take like five first dates to see Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) I remember this story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, man, But there was, um, no, to, to answer your question, no, I, I didn't have a spot that I went and like hooked up with people. <laughs> Not hook up, but just have a, a, a like place that's like the magic place, like the roof and how I met your mother. It's like, oh, the roof, the roof is where you go be romance with someone. Well, okay. So there, you know, the, the field house. Yeah. Okay. Gross. There was, it's like a sweaty gym. No, 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 no. You could get on the roof of the field house. And so like, you know, like if you if you wanted to be like, ooh, let's break a rule and feel dangerous. Like I did that a couple of times, but it was mainly with friends. Like I I don't know. I like to I like to try to keep my romances new and interesting. Although on, on mine and Robin's first date, we did break into the I think it's called the Native American Gardens down at Portland State University, which is on the rooftop 
of um, a small building. So you're just a rooftop kind of guy. I'm a rooftop kind of guy. Okay. Um, Good to know. Um, Anytime I find myself on a rooftop with you, I will run. But that's good to know. No, we'll have a nice time. Don't run. You're going to slip and fall (laughs) through. This is you got a lot to learn about roof safety. This is classic Marvel villain problems. You don't run (laughs) when you're on a roof or you'll fall into a vat of chemicals. That's DC. But (laughs) yes, um, I think that's going to bring us right over to our Patreon this week. If you want to ever head on over to patreon.com slash romcom gents you'll find that we have a brand new bonus episode Woo! i was gonna call it pineapple pizza it's called licorice pizza no yes. pineapple i love pineapple on my pizza are you a pineapple guy i uh, i have to be because sarah is oh oh we don't work no i mean robin and i no we don't work <laughs> like that in our house no 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 like we actually i'm really lucky that we we both like the same pizza toppings but like there are, there are things that she eats that I would never put in my mouth. That's um, that's a little too much information, but I'm glad I've never tried actual licorice pizza. Apparently, the title is based off of an old record store P.T. Anderson used to go to in the '70s, or maybe it's still around. I don't know. Well, it has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> yeah, it certainly um, doesn't. But Ryan and I got to go check out this movie in 70 millimeter, and I feel super super blessed to have seen it mainly because I've seen so few movies in the past couple of years Mm -hmm. and gosh, I had such a good time. And so we break down that movie in our newest bonus episode, which you can go check out at patreon.com slash romcom gents, where you can also vote for this month's listener poll. Now how it works is basically at the end of every month, we put it up to our patrons to pick our last week's movie for us. Um, and this month we have four new movies. And if you want to come vote, just come on over and come vote. What are the four movies, Ryan? Yes. So this month we're running with, uh, with what we started with last week. We wrote about our favorite aughts rom-coms. We're going to keep the party going and, um, let you guys select another aughts rom-com for us to check out. So you, you you ought to sign up for our Patreon. You ought to check it out. Uh, your choices are How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Legally Blonde, 27 Dresses, and Monster-in-Law. Mm, so you pick the I know movie. which one I'm voting for. Which one would you vote uh, for? Um, I feel like I, I, I haven't seen Legally Blonde, and so I... I think I'd want to do that one, but I think we'd also have a lot to say about how to lose a guy. Yeah. We had, I think we've got a lot to say on all of these. Yes, honestly. very much so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check that out. Licorice pizza is our, our bonus episode next month. Let's get back to it. Gilmore girls for next month. Yes. Yes. Uh, our patrons have spoken. They're like more Gilmore girls, please. Um, but you know, this is um, also just to encourage you guys to check out licorice pizza. It's a really interesting movie. I think it's going to be a very Oscar-y film. So it'll be yeah. in your favor to check it out. It'll be one of those year end movies to, to see. If you've seen other P.T. Anderson movies and you thought, man, this guy's too freaking weird for me, actually check this one out because I think it's probably his most accessible film. Yeah, it's definitely... Is it his least weird film? I think it is. It's still... Yeah. It's got its moments, but... <laughs> For sure. But I mean, like, I oddly enough, I think his other least weird film is probably Boogie Nights, mm. but... 
this with this movie you don't have to contend with the weirdness of it being about porn stars because this one's not about porn stars yeah so like not that being a porn star is weird it's just like a kind of a left field career to make an entire movie sure. about yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah come check that out ryan do we have any letters this week hey flo huh mail come got mail for you oh pete you've got mail you sent me a letter you've got mail Yes, we do have a letter. I don't have the means to play it right now, but I'm going to sum it up. Um, and it's probably best that I sum it up uh, because her message is long and it's that's not a bad thing. We like hearing from you, Rachel, but I'm just going to sum up what it is. It was yeah, but in... her, her messages are always pretty long because <laughs> she's got a lot to say. <laughs> and then it's always a good thing to say. So it's always it's always choice quality. But she was replying to our question from our Love Actually episode where I was like, there's something Laura Lenny's doing when she's cleaning up her apartment, but I don't remember oh, yeah. what it's called. Mm-hmm. Rachel is like, yes, I told you that time and I'm telling you again. It's called an independent activity and it's part of the Meisner technique. And so, Hey, Meisner. My wife studied Meisner. There you go. So all you actor people are like, duh, Ryan and Kelly, why a do du- you know a that? A doi. So thank you for clarifying, Rachel. That was very helpful. Um, do you yeah, have thanks. any letters? Know it all. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know. Well, we got a new patron actually that we haven't like, um, we're, we're supposed to call out all of our patrons and give them nicknames. And I think we have to do this one on air. Okay. <clears throat> Kathy Rankins. Thank you, Kathy, for thank joining. You. Thank what, you. Thank you. Thank you. What's Kathy's nickname? Do we give Kathy a nickname? Since it's, uh, the preacher's wife this week, um, not saints is the boy version what's the what's what can you be a lady saint yeah you can there's a billion lady saints is there a feminine pronoun for that or is it just saint? i don't think so okay i'm plus about, i mean we don't know kathy's pronouns so let's call her She's saint a, saint kathy saint kathy saint of uh rom-coms yeah the saint of rom-coms saint of rom-coms saint kathy thank you for canonizing our podcast we yeah. appreciate that Yeah, i love it well ryan I think that only leaves one more thing for me to ask you. Would you give this movie a rom-com Oscar? Oh, holy night. I'm going to call it Best Cheese. Best Cheese. This movie was filled with cheese. What kind of cheese? It was just really 90s about things. It had very... Was, Was that hard for you as somebody, as a fellow lactose intolerant person? It surprisingly went down easy. Oh, hey. But it came out hard. No, uh, <laughs> nah, it, 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 <laughs> it was very sentimental. And I just knew going into this movie, like, this movie is going to be super sentimental. And I wasn't surprised at any of the turns it took. I was like, yep, 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 yep. And I was like, yeah, this accomplishes its its very prolific public goal of being a cheese fest. And I'm 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 here for it. Very good, Oscar. I, I love that. That's I mean, I don't think we're going to get a movie that's quite as cheesy, except in a completely different way. Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I you know what? So I think I just want to give this to Whitney Houston for best voice. Yeah, I I was so flabbergasted by not only her singing, but. She was a great actress um, in this movie. And so I'm just giving it to Whitney Houston. Best voice. You've won the voice. <laughs> she's she's, she's in like, heaven right. now. And she says, I know. <laughs> she, she's like, thank you. I that that competition wouldn't exist without me. <laughs> 
So um, I guess since we're on the topic of giving it bona fides, what what is uh, you wanted me to ask you about a thing earlier during this episode? Did you? What was the thingy oh, about the thingy? Ask me your regular question, and then I'll get to it. Oh, okay. Tell me, who would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. <laughs> but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul, and I love, I love, I love you. I know. I would fall in love with Whitney Houston. It's not a competition for me. She's not only nice, but she's got a rockin' voice. She can ice skate. She's very pretty. She's a good mom. But there's a weird thing that this movie does with her character and our pastor. They doink. And it's... No, they they don't. (laughs) I mean, they must have once, at least. Um, But our our preacher reverend pastor is trying really, really, really hard to save his community, right? Yeah. And what this movie says is, you know what you need to do is just focus more on your own house. And not your neighbors. Well, he's doing it at the expense of his wife. She's very clearly getting left out in the cold because of it. I mean, this is true. And I want to preface, there's nothing wrong with being there for your wife. This is obviously something that you should attempt to do more often than not, right? Mm -hmm. And this is one of the many issues plaguing him. But what this... What Denzel does is he keeps saying, you know, you got to just fix your house and be there for your wife. But had he done that, there would be also another kid in jail for 15 years. Like this, this movie doesn't like what this movie's message should be, I think. And I think it it tries to get that message across, but it doesn't do it direct enough for me is you have to find a way to balance your life. Yeah. Which means that you need to ask for help. Yeah. And I think if I was going to rewrite this movie. You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head. I think I'd have Reverend Biggs realize he's trying to save the whole world himself. And what he needs to do is trust his community a little bit more or ask more for something yeah you can't rather help than everyone just give 24 7 yeah you, you can't it's it's impossible he was i mean maybe he wasn't asking too much of himself but he was certainly you can't do it at the expense of your most important people being your child and your wife you can't leave them out of the equation they have to come first that's i mean that's true but the movie sets up that most of the people in this world rest on the shoulders of this one reverend. And so let's say he just went back and like was just there with his wife and his son. I think that would be a morally suspect thing to do since no, the entire it's not saying it's not saying only go to your wife and son. It's just saying get your priorities straight. Go to them first and then go to them. I I know. I know that's what it's saying, but I I it feels it feels like all the direct messages that uh, Denzel Washington is just like, hey, you know what? 
just hang out with like fix things with your wife like go do that and he as set up by this movie he doesn't have the time to accomplish this goal and it feels like the movie kicks our reverend for that and i know that it's his past sins catching up with him of him like letting it go too far Mm -hmm. but it does feel like it kicks him a little bit when he's down and he's only trying to do good for the world well of course i mean that's that's the thing is that things fall apart not because you're pursuing evil things it's because no it's that's this is a very like relatable conflict that he's going through and every time i think any anyone in a long-term relationship has been here where it's like i was just trying to do the right thing and it's like of course you were trying to do the right thing but you're forgetting this this other thing too and like i I get distracted all the time where it's like, I was just trying to get some more money for us or like do this thing so that we could be taken care of in this way. And it's like, Sarah always is like, I don't care about that. I need you here. Like you're not home. You're not here. And I don't want you going out and doing this thing. I just need you home to talk to me. I don't need you to go out and get me a new car or something. I I think, I think what this movie doesn't recognize though, is that, it never answers the question because it's you gave this movie best cheese, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's because this in if this movie was a little less cheesy, it would recognize that he was doing this and had gotten into this situation for a reason. And we don't know. We don't know why he stopped communicating with his wife so much. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they would have handled that. And I'm trying to think from real life of like, is it a thing that does it? Or is it just something that you lose track of? Like I was saying before with the the elbow problem. Remember the elbow problem? Uh, I remember the elbow problem. It's just drift. You know, it's just like all of a sudden you turn and you're like, holy hell, how did I get here? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was my read. They just had drifted. I think that Dudley was a bad angel (laughs) because he was expecting (laughs) all of this to get fixed in a couple of days when you needed to ease him away from this life that was on his shoulders. Um, wait, what do you mean? I think that like at one point in time, he was like, Hey, you have to sit down and like, you know, talk to your wife and take time to do this. And like, that was good because he was at this restaurant and he had the time to take to do it. But then later on, he like, you know, keeps having to go save people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's looked at as a bad thing by, Dudley and by his wife kind of because she still really respects him in this movie she's like I'm I know I'm never going to fall out of love with him because like she respects him but he is in danger of losing her because he is accomplishing these good goals and it was just a weird it wasn't a bad thing but it was I guess like I'm ethically... if, if, if I was a more responsible angel I would say okay you're gonna have to make an action plan sir no i think ethically i disagree with you is that if you're doing something good but you're still harming someone in your act of doing good you're not doing good he's not actively harming right someone, that's though. what neglect is 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 not actively harming someone but being neglectful is still causing harm so i i'm just ethically not in agreement with you I don't well I'm I'm not ethically not in agreement with you though because I do recognize that he needs to clean up his house it's just something that shouldn't take a day or an evening it should take 
weeks, right? Well, yeah, but that's the Disney movie part of it. It's like, and then they went right, on one right. date and everything was that's fine. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm just saying that this movie was cheesy and so it tied up everything in a bow and and it seemed like that would be very difficult to do for somebody who so you, had that much you're on his saying shoulders. In this movie where Denzel Washington literally falls from the skies, that's the part that's not believable. Well, uh, uh, hey, you know, you know, a fantasy world works as long as its rules hold together. So that's fine. All right. What about you? Who would you fall in love with? I'm going with Dudley because he's so yep, freaking nice. Is it is it the smile? There's just because that Denzel smile it's is so just good. Winning. It's winning, but he's got such until he kind of gets a little evil, <laughs> he doesn't do anything. But like at first, and for most most of the time, he's just after like the best thing. And yeah, I need that in my life. You need a Dudley. He's always just asking, like, "Oh man, what could, what do you think we could do for the Reverend right now?" He seems down on his luck, doesn't he? He's always just kind of looking out for him. Which is it's his job, but it's it doesn't feel like an obligation. He he seems genuinely wanting to help. He really makes that uh, assistant feel bad. <laughs> yeah, but he does give her the day off, which is nice. That's nice. Um, all right. Well, what are we watching next week? Next week is not quite a rom com number two. We are doing Waking Ned Divine. I still can't do an well, Irish accent. I gotta stop. I gotta stop trying. Hey. Waking Ned Divine. There you go. This is a movie that you and I watched together for the first time ever. We had a movie night, remember? Yeah. yeah. That was a great movie night. And we've done one more movie night of this movie since. I don't know if our schedule is going to allow us to watch it together this week. But, you know, here's hoping. Mm -hmm. It's just a lovely film. That's It it is what it is. It's not quite a rom-com, but it feels like one. I have a proposal for you. Okay. Not the proposal with Betty White, which can we say RIP? RIP. I think next week... We have to have either beer or whiskey during the episode. Uh, it wouldn't feel right. So what I'm going to do is make sure sometime this week to drop by some gluten-free beers since I know you can't great. have whiskey right now. Yes. Need the gluten-free. So I, I, I'm going to be your Dudley. Yes. And I'm going to get you some GFB. Bring me an angel with the gluten-free beer. Ryan, I, I just have to say I love you so much that I'll, I'll get you beer without gluten in it. Ah, and I love you so much that I'm going to get you pizza without cheese on it. No, I don't want that. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to get you cheesecake without cheese on it? So it's cake. I'll take that. Cake, cake. Yeah, I'll bring you cake. Yeah, I'll have cake. Yeah, cake. Thanks. Cake's good. Thank you. Cake. And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on A Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. Okay. I can edit out my side. <laughs> go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I'll stop. <laughs> I'm not even doing it. And we're back with 